and welcome to another edition of the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. I'm Carlos Silva, the Lone Star Varsity Editor here at the Lubbock Avalanche Journal. And on the phone, we've got Matt Stepp of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Appreciate the time, Matt. I know it's been a while since we chatted. I think the last time was at Spanky's here in Lubbock. Oh, yeah, probably in person. But, you know, we, we, we chat all the time online. We exchange info, and, and uh, you guys do a great job up there. And, and a lot of times when I need my Lubbock info, I'll, I'll reach out to you and Brian and see what the – take the pulse up there in the high plane. Well, we always appreciate you talking. And, obviously, I got you here because I uh, figured maybe some people wanted a little bit of a different perspective, obviously, from the Metroplex, considering we got three teams out of District 4, 5, 8 playing some big teams out there. So wanted to get your thoughts on some of these and maybe even – some potential upset uh, opportunities where I feel like uh, the uh, Lubbock area squads have some chances. But first one, Monterey, Denton, Ryan. I know uh, this one on paper looks like Denton, Ryan has a pretty pretty easy path here, but Monterey's got a lot of good athletes. How do you kind of see this one kind of hanging out here on Friday at Shotwell? Yeah, definitely uh, Monterey's got their hands full. Denton, Ryan is, is you know, we kind of liken them to the uh, Allen of class five. All right. Um, just a ton of depth, a ton of size. They're, they're just physical they just beat you up. Mm-hmm. D- d- defensively, they're really hard to run the ball against. I think if you're going to make any hay against them, you've got to throw the football. Um, offensively, Spencer Sanders committed to Oklahoma State, a great quarterback. He's a he's just a junior, but he's been starting for three years. He's got a ton of experience, and uh, you know Ryan's not the greatest offense in the world. They're they're, they're mm-hmm. much more of a defensive oriented team with the big the big plays in the passing game. So. You know, I think if Monterey can find a way to, to throw the ball and make some hay in the passing game, maybe get this into a little bit of a shootout, kind of get Ryan out of their comfort zone, mm-hmm. they might have a chance to pull the upset, but definitely Denton Ryan. Uh, I would consider them a heavy favorite. I mean, this is a team that went four deep last year and, yeah. and gave Allen all they wanted in Class 6 a year ago and brought, brought most everybody back. Now, I don't know how familiar you are with Monterey, but there's a guy in Jaron Jones that I think has been tearing it up the last few weeks. And not only that, but their defense has been playing well. And what Coach Wayne Hutchinson has been telling me is if they can get off to those strong starts where you get those 20, 21-point leads, obviously, when you get those three-score leads, you kind of hold them off, which is what they've been able to do the last few games. I think they've got a chance here, especially with Jaron Jones, their quarterback. I know they had the two-quarterback system, but it looks like Jaron Jones is going to be that guy especially with the speed, uh, it, does that pose a little bit of a problem for Denton, or, or are they pretty good with the uh, speedsters on, on the defensive end here? I mean, they shut Lancaster down, and Lancaster is probably the yeah. fastest team 1-11 to 11 in the state of Texas. So, yeah. you know, I don't think Denton Ryan's going to have much tr- much issue with, with speed. I think you got to beat them with precision passing game. It's hit some, some, some jump balls. A lot of the mid- middle passing game, um, you know, kind of over-the-middle stuff and try to – try to out-execute out Ryan because you're not going to out-athlete. If you try to out-athlete out Denton Ryan, you're going to lose that battle. Got you. Well, speaking of athletes, let's go to another matchup that I feel like there could be a huge upset. I don't know how you feel about it, but Lubbock-Coronado, I know Coronado as everyone calls them here in Lubbock, but against Colleyville Heritage, 2 p.m. Saturday at Shawwell. I'll actually be at that game. It'll be, I want to say, my third game that I'll be covering of the Mustangs, but certainly a guy in Quay Gray at the quarterback position. How have you kind of seen him kind of develop? I know last year didn't have the best of years, but he was a sophomore. Uh, was kind of going up against some real big heavyweights in 6A, and now they went down to 5A, and I feel like he's really kind of found his niche at this point. You know, I kind of agree with you. I think uh, if there's a chance for, for the upset, I think this is this is the one. Uh, Coronado Gray's been putting up huge numbers all year. Um, Colleyville Heritage's defense has at times um, shown the shown that they'll, they'll give up big plays and, and kind of fall asleep on you. So I think Coronado and that fast-paced offense uh, can do some damage. I think this is going to come down to which defense can find a way to get stops because obviously Colleyville, uh, Cameron at quarterback committed to San yeah. Diego State. 
big-time player, uh, Kevon Ahmad, Cameron Brown, a receiver. Um, they they can throw the ball around. Um, they don't run the ball all that well. Um, they're just an average team running the ball, and their offensive line struggles mm-hmm. at times. So I think Coronado's defense, they can find a way to get some pressure on Roan. I think they have a chance to pull the upset here. I do, I do think they're going to score points. Well, they certainly have a guy, Miguel Garcia, I, I, and I correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm, I'm usually wrong half the time, but I think he's got 20-plus sacks this year. Or it, It's one of their defensive linemen. I mean, it's just some amazing stat that I think kind of makes them an underrated defense. Not only that, but then they got some really good linebackers and Trey Stevens, Seth Wood, Mason Montoya. I think that's going to be the difference, and I kind of agree with you in the fact that their defense is just so, so salty. I mean, they've just played so well over the last three games. I think that could be the difference. But like you said, Cam Rowan, I think he's thrown for over about 2,400 yards, 28 touchdowns. And then Mario Ortiz, I know you mentioned having run the ball that well, 1,200 yards, 17 touchdowns. It's definitely going to be a very tall task there for Coronado there, though. Yeah, it is. But, you know, Ortiz, a lot of that, those numbers he's put up against, uh, you know, lesser competition. Got Probably you. plays in, in the Fort Worth ISD district in the competition. Um, there isn't, isn't as great. You know, the game I saw uh, in person against Richland, a, a good team as well. We lost to Denton Ryan last week. Yeah, they did have some issues running the ball, especially in the first three quarters. They kind of they kind of got it going in the fourth, but you know they, they struggle up front. And I think the offensive line, if Coronado can control the line of scrimmage, and they got a great shot to pull the upset. I I think this is kind of a toss up game. I, th- I think pe- people in the Metroplex are really underestimating Coronado in this game. Gotcha. And speaking of another team, I know a lot of people kind of were high on them last year. Maybe haven't had the year that everyone thought they would, especially with uh, Jared Dagey, the Division One commitment, uh, with uh, Bowling Green, and of course Ty Thomas with Arizona State on their defense. I think Lubbock Cooper has some upset potential as well against Boswell, who I know, uh, at, or pardon me, yeah, uh, Fort Worth Boswell with uh, Braden Thomas, a freshman quarterback. I know he's had a very good year, 1,700 yards, 22 touchdowns, but certainly one where if you play good defense, which they've been able to do this year, at one point I want to say they only allowed 79 points, depending who you talk to, total I think within uh, seven or eight games. I think if they're able to shut them down on defense, I think this could be another one where District 4 or 5A, and that's another little bit of a storyline, has been very, very tough uh, going into this playoffs. You know, I don't think this is an upset. I'm, I'm picking Cooper to win the game. Oh, okay, there you go. Um, you know, Boswell, Boswell, you know, Braden Thomas has had a great year, but he, he's he wasn't supposed to be the quarterback this year. They they were down to quarterback. I think number he he was the fourth guy. Yeah. You know their their starter got hurt um, playing summer baseball out for the year. Their backup got hurt right at the start of fall practice. Mm-hmm. And the third string guy got hurt like in the first or second week of the season. So Boswell, um, to their credit, they they've gone through a lot of adversity um, to to get to this point. They've had a great year. Um, Damon Williams, their running back, had had, had a huge season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with the Pioneers, you know, you know, you look at their playoff run, they, they got a great draw um, to get to this point. Um, but I, I think Lubbock Cooper in that defense, I think they're, they're going to uh, contain Williams. They're going to make the freshmen try to beat them through the air. And, and, and I think Lubbock Cooper, is, you know, they're, they're peaking at the right time. They didn't have it. They had a rough year. Yeah. Um, they did, but, but, you know, looking back, the district was a lot tougher than everyone thought. Absolutely. Um, so it doesn't look quite as bad, those loss, loss in district play. And I, I think they're peaking at the right time. So, you know, the winner of this game gets to go to AT&T Stadium, and I have a feeling that uh, Lubbock Cooper will be uh, will be seeing Lubbock Cooper at AT&T Stadium on Friday night next week. Well, it, it's those type of thoughts and uh, takes that I appreciate because obviously being in West Texas, kind of the South Plains, you're, you're kind of isolated a little bit from some of the Metroplex, and you could almost say the same thing for some of the guys that cover that stuff there. So it's kind of interesting to kind of find out, yeah, you look at a freshman – 
freshman quarterback and Braden Thomas for Boswell. Well, they kind of got to that point this year, that that point now this year. So it's kind of nice to kind of see that perspective. But speaking of the other one that you obviously kind of pointed out and and was kind of a storyline that I wanted to bring up, District Four Five A. I mean, I talk about Monterey, Cooper, Coronado, but then you've also got Abilene Cooper. They went undefeated last week in uh, in uh, the playoffs. So I mean, how just uh, impressive has that district been? And is it one of the tougher ones? Because I know you guys always talk about the District of Doom, all these other ones in East Texas and kind of the Metroplex. How, how uh, tough would you say is District 26A, obviously with uh, Friendship, Odessa, and all them, and then, of course, District 45A kind of stack up with some of those? You know, I, I think 45A definitely uh, ha- has fared very well out west, for sure. Yeah. Um, I think this week is kind of the proving ground, though. Now, now you know, you're going against, you know, you, you expect those teams to have their way with, with, with El Paso. Yeah. Um, very surprising they swept District Three and by District for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we will really get to see just how how tough this district is. You know, if they can split and go two and two, um, then I think you've really got got a case for being one of the better districts in Region One, if not maybe in the state. Two six A. You know, it's just St. Angelo that's left. Yeah. Um, I was a little disappointed at Midland Law. I, I thought Midland was going to beat Bowie, and I think they had some chances to beat Arling- Arlington Bowie mm-hmm. last week. Kind of let that one slip away. Um, obviously, San Angelo and that, that showdown with Allen is getting talked about quite a bit. Absolutely, a just a little bit. Yeah, just a bit. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I think it's been a good year for you know West. You know, in Dave Campbell's Texas football this summer, we talked about you know as is big big school football in West Texas dying out. Yeah. And I think there's been a little bit of a resurgence this year, and, and I'm I'm personally glad as 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 a as a Texas high school football traditionalist and, and someone who appreciates the history of it, I really enjoy the fact that we're getting a little bit of a, of a resurgence out west. Oh, absolutely. And then uh, I, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about Central. Obviously, it was a team that I used to cover back in San Angelo. I guess, how do you kind of feel that one's kind of going? I, I Personally, I feel like it's not an Allen team that you would normally see in the previous years. And San Angelo Central, which is saying a lot. I want to say this is one of the best teams that Brent Davis has actually had on the football field. When you look at Cal Vincent, who was a former wide receiver, turned him into a quarterback. He's had a fantastic year. Then you look at their running back, Devin Manning, who was a transfer. You got him coming back. And then you've got, obviously, Adam West and Matt, and uh, Maverick McIver at the wide receiver position. I think their offense is really good, but I think their defense is really what's kind of kept them going up to this point. Yeah, I mean, the offense gets the headlines, but, but Angelo's defense has been really good. Obviously, they're going to get tested in a way they never had before against Allen because of Allen's depth, yeah. um, especially on the offensive and defensive lines. Um, I think that game's a pick em game. Um, I picked Allen to win the game. Uh, go ahead and a little, little spoiler alert there. Yeah, there you go. I did pick Allen to win, but but I think it's going to be incredibly close and could, could go either way. I went I went with Allen just because I, I think it, you know San Angelo hasn't really had a close game all year, and yeah. I'm not sure in a pressure situation how they're going to respond. Where we've seen Allen in some close games, they've been tested. Um, we you know, we know how they respond, so. That's the one edge that I definitely give Allen, aside from depth in the trenches. Gotcha. Well, speaking of close games, uh, as we typically do, we're going to go down the classes, try and talk about some of these other playoff matchups that I'm sure you're going to be uh, writing for Dave, Dave Campbell's uh, football magazine, of course, online at dctf.com uh, and, of course, at dctf on Twitter. We appreciate you all coming on. This is Matt Stepp, of course, a football insider, as uh, Greg Tepper likes to call him for DCTF, but Class 4, a level and Andrews, a rematch of a 77-76, I want to call thriller, even though when you look at that score, you think of a basketball score, but it's two teams that can really put up the points. 
going to say Andrews hit their free throws down, down the stretch in that game, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, now they did, and not only that, but they weren't uh, able to get those fouls uh, kind of late on. You know, I, obviously, you know, this, this game is going to be a shootout. I, I, I don't think – I think both defensive coordinators are probably just dreading this game because yeah. of what happened last time they played, and, and, and you look at the offenses, both offenses have just put up massive numbers. Andrews, that was a really impressive – you know, that game against Brownwood was not as close as the score indicated. They they pretty much blew Brownwood away. Um, Leveland, I mean, gosh, eighty two to seventy three over over Decatur last yeah. week. Just a crazy as a six man score. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, we talked about you know talk about Nick Gerber and the the, the season that he's having. I think mm-hmm. I think this is a pick'em game. I, I I really do, and I hate to sound cliche, but these two teams showed how evenly matched they were in the regular season, and. I think these, you're going to see a very similar similar type game. You know, whoever's taking the stats for that game, I'm going to pray for you before the game because you're going to be really busy. Yeah, it will and, not be uh, me. <laughs> uh, well, prayers yeah. to you, Carlos, yeah. if you're going to take stats in that game. Yeah. But yeah. I, I think Leveland's going to get them. I think, I, you know, it, it's tough to be a team twice in the same year. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I pick Monaghan Seminole, I'll go against that. Okay. But I think with, with two teams that are as evenly matched as this, I, I, I'll lean towards the team that lost the first one. And I think, I think Gerber is going to – Hell, he he may he may throw for eighty touchdowns and and hit that number this this week. He may throw seven seven or eight touchdown passes this week. Yeah, well, for for those that weren't aware, he threw for I want to say it was six hundred twenty seven yards and ten touchdowns the last time they played. So you can just imagine what could happen this time around. But if I have to go for it, I think I agree with you. I think the Lobos get this one only because they had that one big performance and probably the the best defensive performance against a Pampa squad that was very very high high-powered with a great uh, quarterback. I want to say it was a Braden Stewart, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, I apologize if I got the name wrong. But getting that defensive performance from them, I think, shows that they have the potential to slow down an offense. But, man, it's going to be really tough against Tristan Williams and those guys. Yeah, that's going to be – you better bring extra pins and extra paper to that game if you're taking stats by hand. Yeah, you ain't kidding. And then uh, speaking of some other ones, I know you kind of alluded to it, Seminole Monahan's another rematch. A Seminole squad that, honestly, I'll, I'll say this, I mean, they kind of shocked me a little bit, the four team out of the 2-4-A, but they've uh, kind of gotten hot at the right time, and they got some real good guys, and Brett Hicks, the senior quarterback, you got Jared Carr, a guy that kind of really stepped in, and then not only that, but then uh, Reese Moore, a tight end slash defensive end, and kind of a guy that's really an athlete for them, has really stepped up for him, and I think uh, that may be the difference against a Monaghan squad that... I know, as you well know, they're a, guy, a, a team that always makes deep runs in the postseason. They like to run the ball a lot, but I think Seminoles' ability to throw the ball above the heads, I think that's going to be the difference in this one. You know, I, I'll disagree with you a little bit. I, I think Monahan's uh, their physical dominance. They're a senior, okay. senior heavy team that's got a lot of playoff experience. Uh, Tyler McAllister's a great running back. You know, they they're they're going to churn out a low scoring game. Um, they kind of handled Seminole fairly easily in the first matchup. I think it'll be much closer. Seminole has made improvements. Obviously, that win over Perryton in the first round of the playoffs was really big. Oh, yeah. Really surprised me and caught me off guard. Shows just how tough 2-4A Division Two is. They ha- that district has three teams left. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll, I'll lean towards Monahan's and that senior experience. I, I think we're kind of on a collision course in Region 1 for a Sweetwater-Monahan's uh, rematch. That'd be something if, if, if that does happen. But certainly, obviously, the Seminole Indians will have something to say about that. But certainly should be a good one. Speaking of another one where you might have two teams that are evenly matched, but just a game that could happen uh, maybe in under two hours, Littlefield Wall. You talk about two teams that score a lot of offense with Level and Andrews. Uh, Littlefield and Wall, they'd be happy if they score 14 points and allow only maybe two or three possessions to their <laughs> to, to their opposition. Yeah, you know, Wall, I'll tell you what, last week, I, 
I was stunned that they. I thought. I thought. I thought that was a kind of a game that could go either way against Clyde. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Walhall's offense scores seventy-two and yeah, rushes for nearly seven hundred yards. Or so yeah. they had three guys top top one hundred yards rushing. That was like the um, old uh, the, the the old Hawks. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, you look at their 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 record, you see three losses, but look yeah. at who those three losses are too. They they yeah. played a really really tough non-district schedule. Yeah, Iowa Park, um, that one was a what was one. I was talking to Zach right after that game. I mean, that was just a, a, a stunner in in that overtime game. Yeah, and then they, you know they lost to Midland Christian, who's a private school power, yeah. and I can't remember who the third loss was too. But I, I want to say it might have been Cisco, but I think they may have beaten Cisco. But I mean, they played a brutal non-district schedule. Yeah. It's a really tough schedule. Have to look at their record and take it with a grain of salt. And know this yeah. is a, an elite team, and I think out in Region One, we're really on a collision course to see Wall and Brock uh, hook up for the third straight year in the yeah. regional final. Yeah, and, and that uh, that's been one that Wall hasn't been able to get past, unfortunately. But I'm I'm interested to see how Littlefield does because obviously they're doing very very well going into this one. So I'm kind of really interested to see to see how this one kind of really turns out. I, yeah, I guess, they, they, go ahead. Littlefield, you know, last week their, their defense was key against Bowie. They, you know, they had three tur- three key turnovers yep. in the game. Mm-hmm. I think all three may have been interceptions. Well, problem is Wall probably not going to throw it very much. So yeah, I don't exactly, know if they have a chance to get many interceptions against that, uh, that uh, option offense. Yeah. Um, I think Littlefield's defense is definitely going to be tested. I, I think um, if they can find a way to, to contain, you know, Wall's options, get them. You got to win first down. You know, the key against Wall is you got to win first down. You cannot let them get into second and six, second and five. Just the kind of offense they run, they're going to turn out first down to keep you off the field. Yeah. So, I think whoever you know, and same with Littlefield. Littlefield wants the situation as well. So, whichever defense can win first down, I think it's going to be uh, the team to win this game. Absolutely. And then speaking of uh, two teams that may be a little bit different, Muleshoe Brock. Uh, I know you talked about Brock. They're twelve and zero going into this one. The Muleshoe Mules eight and four. Had some tough losses early on, but it uh, looks like uh, the replacement to Danny Campos, uh, that being Beto Diaz, a senior, was able to kind of get things going with his dual threat ability. I guess, how do you kind of see this one going? Uh, I don't see the Beals do very well. Yeah. Uh, Rock is just, uh, and they've won, got 28 in a row now, I think. Yeah, they're, yeah they're, they, 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 they've been pretty dominant with Coach Worrell. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and this is a program. Brock's only in their third varsity season. In yeah, their absolutely. First, you know, the first year they went to the quarterfinals and lost the wall. Yeah, beat Wall last year and then got all the way won, won the title last year. Mm-hmm. Twelve and zero this year. Really tested all year. Um, I think Midland Christian. I think they beat, they beat Midland Christian. I think that was the only game that really was close mm-hmm. uh, the entire year. So, you know, I, I think Mule is going to need Brock to make some mistakes, uh, fumbles, those kinds of things, and they're going to play a perfect game. Uh, to keep this one close because, you know, Brock's definitely uh, a heavy, heavy favorite. Got you. Well, I appreciate that perspective. We'll go to Class 2A real quick and get uh, two more before we talk a little bit of six-man, if you don't mind. But post-Abernathy, it's a matchup that was at the beginning of the regular season. Post got a 21-0 victory on that one. But, of course, Abernathy had a lot of youngsters, including their freshman quarterback, Bryson Daly. I think this is one where Abernathy probably gets the uh, better of Post, but... I mean, how do you kind of see it? I feel like Post has some good running options in A.J. Reed, Michael Ferguson. Then you got A.J. Escobedo at the quarterback position. He obviously does some things as well, whether that's manage the game, get some good passes on the play action. But I just feel like Abernathy is just rolling at this point. I thought Post went over Stratford. Stratford in the last two years who's only lost three times, and all three times are to Canadian. Yeah. No one else but Canadian has been able to beat Stratford. Mm-hmm. So for Post to be able to go up to, up to Canyon, 
and take Stratford down, I think was huge. I've been really high on the bowl gold all year. I'm a favorite in that region, and I, and I think I think this game will be much closer because Abernathy's youngsters do have the have gotten mm-hmm. more. They've had a whole season of work. Your class, they're and I like post. Abernathy, you know, will be a next year. I mean, Abernathy's on the rise. I, I think they're a year away. I think this is post post time, and I, and I think they're going to find a way to get it done. But it'll be a very close game. Definitely won't be a three-touchdown margin this time. Oh no, absolutely. And not only that, but then I, I just feel like it's going to be another quick game. Two run, two run heavy teams, and it, it should be a def, definite interesting one. Uh, I mean, who knows? Maybe I'll maybe I'll flip flop at this point. Right now, I like because I've seen them play. They really kind of played a, a New Deal squad that we all thought was really good in the South Plains, and they were able to really, really just play good defense and slow down their offense, which at that point had, I think, only given up about, or, or had uh, averaged, I want to say, about 50, 50 uh, points or 45 points a game going into that one, so that was certainly a big one. But last one in Class 2A, Seagraves, Roscoe, how do you kind of feel this one's going there? Well, you know, I'll be one of Seagraves. pegged kind of to play for the reason title before the playoffs start. I saw Memphis walk away. And then I had Corey Kyle and guys moving in and out. And for them to get that win over Memphis, really, kind of feel the same way, although I think Seagraves has some really good talent on the defensive end. you got Quasius Williams at the at the linebacker position, then of course you obviously got Richard Longoria, and then of course Will Wilkins as their quarterback, but uh, just to, if you could just kind of repeat some of that, because I think we kind of broke up here, unfortunately, that's what kind of happens with some of the old equipment we have here at the whole uh, Avala- uh, the, the Avalanche Journal, but I guess if uh, I guess you kind of mentioned a little bit about the Plowboys and kind of the way they ran the offense, I guess what, what did you kind of like in terms of the matchup again? Well, I, I think Roscoe up front. I think yeah. the offense and the defense line, they're, they're traditionally a very physical team. They always have really good size. And, and Seagray isn't, isn't a real deep team. I, I think Roscoe uh, you know, wears them down a little bit. You know, yeah. Roscoe, the numbers they put up last week, I believe that was against Crossington, I think. Um, if memory serves me correctly, but they really had had a big game last week. Yeah, yeah, no, and not only that, but that was a, a game where Tim and I was actually at that game covering it in post. Tim Childers probably one of the uh, top uh, running backs in our area. I mean, he's just a beast at the two A level. When you look at the kid, I mean, he looks like a running back if if, if that makes sense. But I mean, every time he touched the ball, I want to say the first three or four times he touched the ball, he had a seventy-five yarder, sixty-two yarder, seventy-five yarder. I mean, he was just making plays and. And he's on a thousand-yard pace in the first quarter, wasn't he? Like two fifty <laughs> yeah. in the first quarter. Pretty much. I mean, he was going nuts, and unfortunately for them, he got hurt on a kickoff return, and that really kind of turned the tide for the Plowboys, as you mentioned. They scored a bunch of points after that, and they were able to get that victory. But the one thing about Tim Childers, he'll be back next year. He was a junior, so certainly uh, we'll be looking for some revenge. I know the kids don't like to say it, but certainly that'll be circled if they do see the Plowboys on there. But I appreciate that perspective. Last but not least, we'll go Borden County, Garden City. Borden County has that one loss to Calvert. After that, it seems like they've uh, 
kind of really rectified all that, and they have kind of basically been playing uh, up up to par. Yeah, I, I definitely, you know, Calvert's undefeated. They got a showdown with Richland Springs this week. Yes, uh, Calvert's always got a lot of team, team speed, and that's one thing that makes them a tough matchup. Man, with the the nature of that game, but I, but I, I'll agree. With you. I, I like Borden County. Yeah, and and I guess uh, fr- from the six man perspective, when you kind of see it from your guys angle i guess uh when you do see those shutouts because i think at one point uh th- through five games they had four straight shutouts and not only that but one of those shutouts was a 45 against a, a number two ranked team in ira i guess is, is there anything more impressive that they can do because i know they struggled a little bit against buena vista out of imperial last last week but i, I feel like they, they've got the team if assuming that corbin sumners of course is uh healthy along with trace Ritchie, and then of course hunter jones but of course injuries are, are usually the big thing at the six-man level yeah, you lose one guy, it's like losing four in a letter yeah. man for law. I mean, it's just, it's, it's huge. So, you know, health is, health is uh, optimal and utmost important in the six-man game for sure. Awesome. Well, once again, Matt, I appreciate the time, man. It feels like we were at Spanky's once again. Of course, I owe you a burger or something whenever you head over here to the 806. Fried cheese, man. Just fried cheese. It. I told you, man, that fried cheese is something else. But uh, someone else uh, that has been great for us is Matt Stepp, of course, at the Dave Campbell's. Texas Football Magazine. If you want, you can uh, shout out your Twitter so people can follow you. Of course, you got too many already. Yeah, it's uh, Matt with two T's, underscore Steph with two T's, 817. Uh, Give me a follow. I'll tweet about high school football a lot, but, you know, I'll tweet about USA soccer and food and the Baltimore Orioles, so and of course, you can put up Canadian and Dallas too. Cowboys. Of course, you can put up with all that. I, I'm an okay follow, I guess. Not only that, but then you got some Canadian stuff in there too. Don't forget about yeah, that. Yeah, for humor. Yeah, there's there's always some Canadian humor. So if you ever want to learn more about Canada, I'm I'm probably a guy for that too. Well, of course, the reason we got you on this podcast was all for your uh, knowledge on Texas high school football, which you've had plenty of. We appreciate you being on the Lone Star Varsity podcast, and uh, hopefully, we'll talk to you in a couple weeks, man, at a uh, state. Man, we'll see you at AT&T Stadium. I'm sure. Will do, man.